Would you like to be able to start conversations like a pro? Take The Sunday World, your daily dose of what's going on. Do not consume The Sunday World if you're involved in a drug cartel, you're a politician with something to hide, or you've appeared on a reality TV show and care about others' opinions. Consume The Sunday World responsibly. Always read the stories, gossip, and commentary. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Cocaine Cowboys, the deadly rise of Ireland's drug lords. The live show is on sale now. We're on the road on February 10th at the Lime Tree Theatre in Limerick, February 15th in Cork's Everyman Theatre, and on Sunday 18th, we're back at Dublin's Three Olympia. April takes us to Galway's Town Hall Theatre, Killarney's INEC, and Belfast's Waterfront Studios. Check mcd.ie or venue for ticket sales. The ultimate tragedy is that Brandon Ledwich, as a young man, no doubt was facing charges relating to the drugs trade. You're not talking multi-millions. At the age of 23, his life is over and all of the other things that he could have done, he doesn't get a chance to do. We do know there was a dispute with a local gangland figure. We also know that he'd been sucked into a certain life, into a certain world, and ultimately that has played a role in his death. I'm Nicola Talent. And you're listening to Crime World, a podcast about criminals, drugs and the sins of the underworld in Ireland and across the globe. The funeral of Brandon Ledwich saw masked youths on motorbikes mount pavements in Finglas this week as a village was brought to a standstill. The 23-year-old murder victim who was shot dead at his front door earlier this month was laid to rest in a steel American-style casket and with groups of young men wearing T-shirts designed with his face. Ledwidge is understood to have been killed after rowing with a local gangland figure and ignoring his orders around drug dealing. Today, I'm talking to Niall Donald about the brutal death of a street dealer and about the problems for communities living at the cold face of the crack cocaine epidemic. This is Crime World, a podcast from sundayworld.com. They're kind of becoming typical scenes, um, these funerals of young gun victims um, and you know, we can hear on the bit of audio we have there, those motorbikes revving and um, masked youths on motorbikes brought Finglas village to a near standstill. Yeah. I mean, look, it, 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 it's, part of a, it's part of a trend. Certainly the motorbikes is a mm. 
relatively recent development. Uh, we've seen it at other funerals, uh, notably James Whelan's funeral, who was also uh, murdered in Finglas area. And we've seen it on other funerals. Um, some Graham of the members, Taylor. Graham Taylor and some of the the the, the, the people who were killed on the, the N7 uh, yeah. in, in controversial circumstances, to say the least. Um, so it's, it's a, I suppose, a cultural thing. Mm. Um, there's always been showy uh, funerals in the underworld, I suppose. Um, so, but the, yeah, look, it is, it is, I suppose it's, it's shocking to people, but we've seen it over time. And of course, to other people, it's not shocking at all. It's yeah. a, it's and a, it's a relatively harmless tribute. Do they from, just get let go ahead <laughs> or is there any sort of policing around these funerals? I mean, you'd have to wonder. Well, there was actually a lot of police there today. Yeah. Um, we're recording um, on Wednesday, um, just after the funeral of Brandon Ledwich. Um, there was a lot of police today, but again, I suppose there's, you know, some young fellas doing, doing a wheelie on a motorbike. Is it worth um, the police intervening yeah. in a highly charged... The resources into that, what it would take to, yeah. you know, if they're arresting them or anything like that. And also, there's certainly high tensions at these times. I mean, look, you can you can you can have a certain view of it. Um, mm. You know, is it is it? I'm sure it's quite frightening for people who are in Finglas Village, living in that area, yes, and all the rest of it. I mean, those bikes are being revved. They're kind of they look a little bit like scramblers. Yeah, um, they're being revved and they're being driven like that, and it is a danger, surely, to the public. Yeah, it's look, kind of a, you know. The street. It um, is, no, it is a danger to the public. Uh, I, and, you know, look, it's, you know, it's a spectacle as well, I mm. suppose. And that's the aspect of it, like that, you know, it, there there are people attempting to make a spectacle by doing it as well. Mm. Like it's a tribute. And, and it's kind of like this, it goes back to the Mexican narcos nearly, doesn't it? It's kind of like this, you know, this fallen martyr, their, their hero, their young hero who has died, did they really understand the finality of death, I wonder, some of those young guys that, you know, are on one side or the other of feuds, do they really properly understand that that's it? Well, I suppose um, they may understand it now if they've lost somebody really close to them. I think the problem is, do they understand it a couple of months ago when there's steps that lead up to these things inevitably? Um like it's, it's, it, yeah, I think there's devastation. I mean, there'd be devastation from the family. Um, there may be that these, they, people regard this as a tribute and a sign of affection and loyalty. Um, but, you know, the ultimate tragedy is that, that Brandon Ledwich, uh, as a young man, no doubt, uh, was facing charges relating to the drugs trade, but was not, you're not talking multi-millions. And he is at the age of 22, 23, is it 23, I think, uh, his life is over. And all of the other things that he could have done, he doesn't get a chance to do. And over what? Well, we do know there was a dispute with a local gangland figure, let's put it that way. Um, you know, we also know that he'd been sucked into a certain life into a certain world and, you know, ultimately that has played a role in his death. And you see what happens is these young guys, you know, 23, he could have been eight years in the drug game yeah. and they get ambitious yeah, because they know how to do it. They know where to buy, to, you know, to buy from their wholesalers. They know the game and they want to be in charge or they want to make more money or they feel that they have reached a point in their career, basically, yeah. that they're going to make a move now and they're going to take over a certain patch. Now, 
the kind of circles led which we believe was moving in and the kind of crime he was involved in centers around you know a big problem with crack cocaine in 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 the the vicinity of where he was shot and there's you know huge amount of complaints from people living in that area of there being open drug dealing going on from crack houses and literally people are approaching all day long they're putting the money in the letterbox and out comes the drugs yeah look i mean it's definitely been a feature um of parts of Inglis, uh certainly under the 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 flashy gang if if you know mr flashy who was sort of an associate of the kidding cartel a young person who got rapidly rose up the ladder because of his association with members of the kidding cartel and you know they in particular were running these what was sometimes described as open drug supermarkets mm. in certain parts of of Finglas. They had houses that were heavily fortified. Um, those houses uh, were boarded up, CCTV, and a lot of they, they were focusing on, on selling out of that. Um, the guards would raid them, but they'd find it hard to get in because of obstructions that were put in place. Now, the flashy gang is not what it once was, but the but that business still goes on, mm. and that same sort of, um, you know, doing business in that in that way. Yeah, that mode. So, of course, do you yeah. remember on that uh, documentary we talked about the guards? Yeah, when they was, arrived, they were going to raid a house, and they had to get in quick because there was a fire lit in the living yeah. room, and it was lit twenty four seven. Yeah, every single day of the year, and it was it was there in case there was a raid and they just throw all the drugs on the fire. Exactly. And there's then there's other other ways to do it involving spotters and picking location where like a lot of like a lot of estates, you know, there'd be maybe one way in and one way out and there's a certain amount of uh, you know, you have a bit of a, a, a you, they can't get at you quickly, you know. Um, it's the lower level of cocaine, really, isn't it? The is cocaine low, but if you, if you looked at that program, the guards, or I think it was inside the K, wasn't it originally? Kind of was originally the, was called that, and then yeah, it changed the guards. It changed yeah. the name, but it was broadly in the same area. And you see um, some of that, uh, just that open drug dealing, and mm. some of that, in particular, went on in in Ballymun as well, and proved a, a major problem. It's so corrosive to to society, to the people who are living in the areas that, you know, are trying to do a day's work where their children. It's corrosive to the streets. It's corrosive to the children that are looking at it. And of course, you have people taking crack cocaine are by and large polydrug users with major addiction issues. And they, a lot of them will steal to get their fix. All of that comes with it. All of that. And then the sort of the whole community spirit is yeah. killed by it. Yeah. And um, I mean, you'd wonder how, I mean, we're very slow to evict anybody, aren't we? I noticed that, you know, sometimes you, you can see some of these houses will be council owned. Yeah. Well, I mean, look, there's, it, it. yeah, I mean, there is, there is issues around eviction, but a lot of people, of course, own houses as well. So mm. that doesn't become an issue at all. Um, it's, you know, there, again, there's no, simple problems. I mean, I think one of It doesn't the, seem to be a tool used though in the in in the instances when there is a council property that's been used. Yeah. For well, that kind of activity. Yeah. I mean, I know that certainly with the, the flashy headquarters as it was caused, there was a long and torturous history to try and bring that to an end. Mm. People have rights and they can defend them in, in courts. And um, you know, obviously as well, the, one of the other issues is that if you have a teenager living with you who becomes sucked into the drugs trade, 
do you kick the mother out? I mean, that might have other children. Um, I think the biggest problem is young men getting sucked into this life and they get to a point quickly where they can't get out, really. Mm. Um, it's, it's They also kind of get to a point that they seem to feel that they're bulletproof, literally, mm. physically bulletproof. They don't care that they life may be under threat. They are taking steroids. They're probably taking cocaine themselves. And they're working out in gyms and they're building up their muscle and they're getting the girls and, you know, they have the nice car if they have got to that stage and they've all the gear. And they just seem to think that, you know, every day is going to be, there's going to be a next. But in, in the, you know, we're looking at, in on it going, that guy has a row with a local criminal. He's probably going to get shot. Yeah. I think, is that a, is that a feature of young men in general, mm. you know? where they feel a bit bulletproof at a certain age, yeah, maybe around is. that age. It probably is. Now, yeah, and they feel bulletproof in if you're in another environment, maybe you feel bulletproof in your job into the bank or you mm. feel bulletproof when you go and play rugby on the weekend. And but you, when you're doing those things, you're unlikely to come face to face with somebody holding a gun up to you. Exactly. So, I mean, it's the, the problem is these young men are surrounded by that culture mm. and they don't get a chance to make relatively harmless mistakes where they, they, they get drunk and don't go into work and maybe lose their job in a bank. So that is the problem. Mm. These young men are making mistakes. You know, I know I'm being a bit compassionate, you know, given a different view, but like they, their mistakes are so costly, you know? Mm. And like if, you know, people that I knew when I was that age many, many years ago, they made mistakes at the age of 21, 22 and dropped out of college and went to whatever. But like these guys, the mistakes are hugely costly. They're hugely costly to other people who have to live in the same communities as them as well. well that's and true. you have to kind of weigh up, you know, can you just purely look at, look upon them as, you know, with compassion? Yeah. And, you know, where does that leave people that have to send their kids to school, going past these crack houses, seeing these, you know, addicted, sick people coming up to doors and getting their fixes. I mean, I know from work I've done in the past and from speaking to people in other areas that are affected by this, the kids are afraid. They're afraid. They say that the people in addiction look like almost zombies. They're afraid of them. They yeah. they look scary. You know, they're likely to probably grab their school bag or something if they need to make money for the next fix. And then, you know, the guys who are dealing the drugs are coming out and brandishing guns and killing yeah, one another in the streets. I mean, it's a horrific way to have to live in any community. It is. And of course, like you're right, like, you know, the drugs trade functions because of the money there. But, it, you know, an, an element that makes it different from other businesses, if you want, is that the threat of violence operates at all levels in it. So you can't be a good street drug dealer if you don't have the ability to threaten or inflict violence on people to either make them pay up or to stop other things. Like violence is inherently woven into it. So you don't, maybe at a very top level with like international drug dealers in a funny way, they, they're just supplying drugs, but on a street level, mm. violence is a part of it. So, you know, if you say this is, these are young men and they get sucked in and, you know, that's true, but it's also true that, that they do terrible, terrible things. Mm. Um, and, you know, then it's also true that, you know, they inflict this on the community. And it's also true that they are actually a part of that community and their own parents, mm. maybe. You know, I, I've talked to many parents whose sons they love, 
their sons that they say he's a lovely guy, he's a heart of gold, but he's after doing this terrible, terrible thing. Which And you know, and both things are actually true. But in many cases, when you look at certain properties, for example, yeah. in areas that are being used for this kind of thing, they've almost like inherited the family business when it comes down. Well, it can be that, look, it's actually in that program as well, they spoke about inter- intergenerational mm. crime and, you know, how there are some groupings. These are relatively small groupings where you'll have, it goes through the generations you know, fathers, grandfathers, and then grandsons or sons as teenagers, and they're all playing a role in it. And that's definitely true. And then there are some uh, parts of Dublin, uh, which we know better, maybe true of other places, but I know it's true of Limerick as well. There's some estates that are built whenever, decades ago, and they have these little pockets of uh, where it's very hard for the police to come in. There might be cul-de-sacs or park areas, very visible park areas where you can see the police coming from a few hundred yards. They're nearly built for yeah, well, what, they be, what they became used for. Yeah, which you see kind of in the wire, I think, yeah. where you have these these areas that are really, really difficult to police. Um, and I know there was a couple of them in Ballymun. Um, and a couple in Darndale that, yeah, Darndale that is, we get calls yeah. about where yeah. like it's very difficult to stop it. Mm. You know, if people are determined to do it, there's 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 users who are want to buy drugs, there's people who want to sell them. And what do you do like mm. beyond, you know? But I mean at risk of getting myself cancelled yet again. But yeah. um you, yeah. you know, like if you have a, a family where it's coming down yeah. the lines, right? Yeah. Are those people like, should those children be taken from them? Who are you taking the children for? Like, so the problem with taking children uh, is that children are going to be traumatized by it. Mm. So you might, it might be a moral case for saying this child is being brought up in this environment. And there might be all sorts of good cases and good logic, but you're going to traumatize that child. Mm. That child has, has loves their parents that parent, that child is probably loved by their parents. You whip a child out of there and put it in a foster home. You're going to do untold damage, mm. no matter how good the foster family are. So you really, like that is the position we're in. And so like, you know, you can look at... There's no right way with it, but it seems to me sometimes that, um, you know, it's the parenting, obviously, that the, that the kids are almost being encouraged to go out there and start dealing. And well, I think it's there, there, there is there is a sort of... I mean, a, it becomes normalised to them if people are calling to their door. And I know of many cases when the kids are sent to the door to shove the, yeah. the crack cocaine out because the parents are too lazy to even get up off a seat. Yeah, I mean... do the deal. And look, so... Toddlers and stuff, you know what I mean? It is really, really sort of a... Yeah, it's wrong. Chaotic and... Yeah, wrong. And it's mm. it's wrong. But it's whether the other option causes more harm. Mm. That's that's the complicated and bit. Has it been explored? Well, I mean it it has over it has over over generations. I mean, people did these things in the past all over the world and ended up regretting doing it, mm. if you know what I mean. Because I mean, look, this the state have passed the children's referendum and the best interest of the child has to be paramount, not the best interests of society mm. in theory i mean in practice this state doesn't care too much about kids i mean that's the Nor reality do we have the you know the services we don't. for it but you look at you look it at just th- is i'm sure you know if you're living there and watching it it must be very 
hard to just say, oh, well, we should just let, let that continue. And, you know, no, you're right. Like, I mean, like it's, it's, you're right. And the problem is that like that young guy there, Brandon Ledwich, he was shot in, in his own front garden at his own front door in front of his family. Um, you know, he, he was facing charges, but they were charges of, you know, a serious, but relatively minor nature. That's going to have ripple effects of trauma, of problems for for his family, for his friends. It's going to cause a threat of violence. The person who did it is, you know, so every everywhere. And speaking of that, I mean, what is happening now with this? Is there heightened risk of retaliation? Is there two sides lining up? Is this another beginning of another feud? Is there likely to be more killings? Well, I mean, we, we, we haven't seen, well, we haven't seen much visible progress of the, the, the investigation. Now, no doubt there is mm. progress being made. By that, I mean, there hasn't been any arrests. There seems to be a very clear suspect, a known criminal living in the general locality, let's put it that way. Um, you know, there's, there's, there's a mixture of smaller drug gangs uh, involved in the, the general drugs business in that area. Um, and so I don't know if there's going to be retaliation. It doesn't seem to be lining up in that way. Mm. Um, there is always a threat or a fear of it, um, but he seems to have been associated with a much younger group of people around him. And there seems to be a, a maybe older groups who've people who've been, you know, involved over a long period of time in criminality, who who at least somebody associated with them is the chief suspect for this murder. Mm. So, But I mean, a show of strength there from the associates at that funeral, and I just read our own Patrick O'Connell covering it. He talks about the deafening sound of more than two dozen motorbikes gunning their engines signaled the cortege's arrival before the motorcyclists entered ahead of it with the number of drivers performing donuts and wheelies to signal its arrival. A short distance from the church, Ledred's coffin, a steel American-style casket was removed from its glass carriage and carried aloft on the shoulders of a group of young men. With the motorcycles streaming ahead, a number of whom mounted the footpath at high speeds to get past the temporary traffic obstruction. The coffin bearers walked it a considerable distance to the church where his funeral mass took place. Yeah. So, you know. Yeah, it's not like. I'm just not sure that that's okay to leave that go and to, you know, to allow people think that they can have that sort of display yeah. at a, you know, a funeral of a, a known drug dealer who was murdered in what was Ireland's first gangland murder this year, um, which is a good statistic, I suppose. But um, Well, I'm not saying they should, right? Mm. But would you want, in the middle of that guy's funeral, to have Gardaí go in with batons and whip well, people off? They don't need to go in with batons, do they? I mean, No, I know. but The you guys know. who have mounted the pavement speeding along in a pedestrian area mm. uh, where there's people yeah. trying to shop and yeah. probably bring their kids to and from school or whatever they're doing, you know, is it okay? Are we just too softly, softly sometimes with these people? Well, I don't know. And I mean, it's, I suppose it feeds into, are we, are we too softly, softly with the, with the build up to the rioters uh, the other night? I mean, it's hard to say that we weren't a bit softly, softly in that yeah. case. I mean, Fingless uh, villages, you know, it's, it's, you know, there's a whole range of people there 
like there's 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 a whole range of there's a huge non-national population or proportion of the population there um so to them it must seem uh you know what's going on mm. like you know what i mean um so i don't know uh are these displays <clears throat> acceptable i mean what is the role of the church in allowing these funerals to take place in the manner that they take place um is another question that has been asked quite a number of times and you know i think some some in the past have come out uh Dermot I can't remember his second name sorry Dermot Martin the, the, Dermot the archbishop the former yeah, archbishop yeah. he he came out very strongly against it he was yeah. a very brave outspoken yeah. kind of member of the church I thought but then it seems to be left up to individual priests who in fairness must be a bit scared as well sometimes by this displays yeah I might not be aware of everything that goes on around anyway presumably it's in the church and <clears throat> you know and then again people are entitled to a dignified burial no matter how they died so mm. so I've I've uh, I've no answers is that what I, you could sum up my contribution to the podcast I have nothing uh, to tell you to I say I told you you need to take time off <laughs> do I yeah we do all do we all do when you get to that stage that you, you have you no, no, yourself I'm... into no answer <laughs> <laughs> oh, no no but I mean when you come into the office looking as I did today as well I think it's sort of somebody should sort of like a, here yeah, yeah I look like I was doing the garden well but you were doing the garden <laughs> <laughs> I mean, seriously, when you're kind of yeah. on your way into the office and you realise yeah. you haven't changed out of your tracksuit bottom. And for anybody who's listening to it on, yeah. on audio, you can actually <laughs> log on to YouTube. I've noticed fixed the cameras. I've told on myself, you see. Fuzz it you up. can see is from here up. Yeah, yeah. And um, you can't see the... Uh, you can't see... The sportswear. Yeah, the sportswear below. But yeah, anyway, that's an aside. Well, look at... I suppose we're not going to really... Get no, no, look, it's it's sad, like, you know, mm. and I mean, it's very easy to say, look at them, they're a bunch of whatever, mm. having a funeral like that, but like, I don't know if that's an answer either, like. Well, it's it's sucking up further guard resources even after. It is, you know but I, mean? I don't know if 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 that's an answer it's to. a very to, fair thing to say, I suppose. No, it's, no, it's not. Somebody's been passion, killed and yeah. they're going to, they're, they're, they're going to be loved by their family mm. and they're going to have all the good qualities that are gone with them. And these young fellas are just, are young fellas. So I'm not saying, you know, let people wheelie away for their, mm. but, you know, I don't know if the answer is either to, you know, look down from a height. I've had a bit of a rant today, haven't I? Well, it's been balanced off by my... It's been totally balanced by my your... compassion and balance. <laughs> You always come out like the nice guy. Do you know that? It's because I am, Nicola. I get a lot That's of messages I am. from people telling me I'm too hard on you. Yeah, and they're right. Are they? Yeah. But you don't mind, do you? No, I'm, 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 it's a Stockholm syndrome where you start to... <laughs> I keep you locked in the studio, feed you every now yeah, and yeah, then yeah, yeah. and just insult you. Yeah, and yeah. I think it's normal. You just think it's fine. Yeah, yeah. Right, listen, we'll talk later in the week. Insult me later in the week, Nicola. Exactly. Thank you. You've been listening to Crime World, a podcast from sundayworld.com. Produced by Ian Mullaney and edited by me, Nicola Talent. Research assistant is Claude Amini. If you like this show and love true crime, leave us a review. Or why not download the free sundayworld.com app for lots more stories from Ireland and across the globe.
Would you like to be able to start conversations like a pro? Take The Sunday World, your daily dose of what's going on. Do not consume The Sunday World if you're involved in a drug cartel, you're a politician with something to hide, or you've appeared on a reality TV show and care about others' opinions. Consume The Sunday World responsibly. Always read the stories, gossip, and commentary.